Just like your lips, I'm thin and villainous. Condé Nasty. And just like your bangs, I'm a cry for help disguised as a bold choice. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how are you? I'm good. You know, it's, uh, after the holidays were, were nice for, you know, they, they were they were 2020's version of nice. Uh, I'm, I'm all ready for this to be over as soon as possible. How are you? I'm well, and I agree with that assessment. I feel like my holidays were as nice as they could have been for 2020 or 2020's version of nice. Um, I am feeling good and feeling hopeful and optimistic for what the future holds. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, I'm usually right in front of the gays being like, it's too soon. It's too many seasons. You're going to dilute the brand. And uh, I got to say, I was like, no, no, I want this now. I'm ready for it. It's fun. I'm going to have fun. And maybe by the time they crown a winner, I'll have been vaccinated. So I have to say, I feel like this is a, a tit for tat between you and I. And I will say with all the international franchises, franchises, etc., I feel like people are inclined to complain. And I will say this. I'm not going to complain about queer content and queer representation entering the mainstream. I'm just not. Um, ESPN viewerships are going down. And they have been since before the pandemic. More people have more apps where they can like randomly check scores so they're not really watching. More queer people are in TV doing things much more interesting than chasing a ball like a fucking retriever. I'm not mad at it. I'm not necessarily going to watch or podcast about every franchise. But I am not at all mad about a subjective queer art form being more omnipresent globally. Um, I'm going to go back to school and get like an MFA in television discussing why hot dog is better than sports. It's going to be great. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. So hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are here to recap and discuss RuPaul's Drag Race season 13. And this episode of the podcast, we are discussing the premiere episode one. Uh, Ursula, we sat down and watched this together saturday morning yeah we are what do you and think? we are in a legit quarantine pod not like a puerto vallarta gay quarantine pod like so it, it and it was lovely um your dog was there we had cocktails it was it was great it was very restorative yes um so <laughs> what did you think of the premiere i was obviously over caffeinated and overtired at the same time and was having like an anxiety attack the first 15 minutes which i'm a little embarrassed you saw but um, what did you think of the premiere episode? I liked it. I, I I was surprised by how much I liked it. Because um, normally, I, I and again, normally I'm the one being like, this chicanery, it is too much. They should, the, the pure art of drag competition. I'm making that little like chef's kiss gesture. You can't see it. But like, I was all ready to dislike whatever they were doing. And I loved it. I thought this was a really novel way to solve the problem of there being so many queens in that first episode that, you know, two-thirds of them end up getting crowded out. Uh, I ended up really enjoying this weird... Like, it's going to be a weird season because they're sitting between sheets of plexiglass. It, and I don't know, it felt like they just kind of embraced it and gave me, like, a really different take on getting to know the queens. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I... Do you feel like they were definitely fucking with us because at the top it's just these two girls and then they're lip syncing and the whole time we're thinking this is one of the first shows that went back into production post quarantine. This was before Ross Matthews lost like a ton of weight the past six months. 
Um, and I was watching it and thinking this is going to be a totally bizarre format where they're going to be trying to like isolate in pods of two or three in some odd way. And then in the end, it was actually just about reducing it back to like drag queen fundamentals of how good of a lip syncer are you at top. So we get a better sense of you as a performer than as a reality TV personality up top, which is honestly, if you're going to do a twist, do a twist that takes it back to fundamentals. But I was so like anxious and uncertain as to what was going to happen the first 15 minutes. But ultimately I did enjoy this and I enjoyed getting to know the Queens in that context first. That's a fun way to change up the normal progress of this show. Yeah. That, that first lip sync, I'm like, okay, clearly there's something we don't know, but if these were like the two fan voted on Queens, like, you know, penetration back in the day, I could see this being like a one and done, maybe, maybe, maybe. But once it was like the second lip sync, okay, there's clearly a gag. And indeed there was. Um, yeah, yeah. But I agree. It was actually great just to get to see them be drag queens. And yeah. all of them. They, yeah. Like, it, and this was kind of weirdly democratizing. Like It really was. Yeah, th- really there are was. clearly queens who are going to be great talking heads. But that didn't let them crowd out the other queens just for this one episode. And that was fun. I, I think something else, we, we talked about it uh, when we watched it, but like good comedy makeup queen, like there, there's a class of queen who, because they're good enough at the reality show aspects or the comedy improv stuff, you never get to see them lip sync until like episode six, seven, eight. And if it's a season like, you know, uh, you know, Bob season or Bianca season, you may not see them lip sync until like the second to last or maybe at all. So it was kind of fun getting to see everyone lip sync right at the start. Yeah. Because now even for the queens who are like good comedy queens or good makeup queens or where it's like, you're not going to be in the bottom until at least the middle of the pack. I can tell just based on your ability to perform and be engaging, you're going to be fine at least until the middle. But now there's like this creeping oh, wait, we kind of already know what kind of lip syncer you are. And I think that adds a little um, tension to now it's like I there's like a little more urgency to never be in the bottom early on because the judges already have a sense of how good a lip syncer you are. So there's no surprise there anymore, even if you're a good one. Yes, I agree. Um, It is. I agree with all of that. It does take away from the possibility of a surprise, upset, jinx, beats, detox in a lip sync moment. Maybe, but um, I do feel like I did appreciate this this switch up. Yeah. Um, so going back to the top of the episode, we have Candy Muse, an already famous drag queen, walking into the workroom, very like Brooklyn, Puerto Rican girl energy that we wanted, very like plus size spiritual sister of like a Vanessa Vanji Mateo kind of energy. I kind of love that Candy Muse looks like a linebacker in a stiletto heel and carries herself like a sex kitten who doesn't know she's a bigger girl. And she's very funny, but none of her humor is about being a bigger girl. Yeah. And, uh, and, you... and she said she said shady things about Aja. That had to make you very happy. <laughs> no comment. Um, but I'm excited to have her on because yeah. I do think she's talented and funny. Um, she's already famous, so... And then next we have Joey J coming in. Very cute as a boy. Makeup very inspired by Layla McQueen, whom you know I love. Um, 
I know a lot of people have said that she's too pale for TV, but I think if you concede the beauty of the face, that's all that really matters. And to be perfectly honest, in a dark club, a luminous alabaster complexion, it's like having another spotlight on you. Um, I thought she looked great. I did not care about the chicken feather thing. I get that it's cheap. It was a look. It worked. But um, a lot of people were commenting on her, I'm a very basic bitch who loves Vanessa Carlton and can't eat spicy food comments. Um, I kind of, I feel like there are so many fucking basic white gays out there who think that they are inherently interesting for being gay, which is about as statistically rare as being left-handed. And I love that she was comically like, girl, I'm a basic bitch, but don't write off a basic bitch. Filler queen, but I might make it to top four. What did you think? Well, I know I'm special because I'm gay and left-handed. There you go. I didn't dislike her. I'll say this. I didn't dislike anyone. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, maybe therapy's working, but oh my God. I didn't, I wasn't like annoyed to the point of banish this person, um, which normally at least one queen, I'm just like, oh, I don't care what happens to you. Please never be on my TV again. And I at least minimally liked everyone so far. Uh, okay. New, new year, new me. Um, I am not like, I'm not saying it's impossible. Joey J will delight me at some point. I'm not like holding my breath, but yeah, she's. There was a self-aware comedy to it yeah. that I appreciated, yeah. and I feel like somebody kind of comically dragging basic white gays for being basic white gays is funny and can be great drag to me. I've actually seen a very large variance in how people have responded to that. A lot of people are like, she told me she's basic and underwhelming, so I like didn't even pay attention and assumed she was basic and underwhelming. Other people said she um, like sealed her own fate by saying that. Uh, some people, uh, other people, honestly felt the way I did. Um, so I'm curious to see how the fans will respond to her and what else she will do. Yeah, I think I think um, the real pitfall for the for that act is what's the what's the modulation for like you know at some point in the middle of the season, uh, it's time for your growth moment. Register trademark World of Wonder. Um, and I'm curious what that looks like in this story, but... I think in this story, it has to do with, like, drag becoming her real profession. I think in this story, if it goes well, she was also, a, like, she was a theater kid in high school, and she actually has, like, Scarlet Envy-level acting chops and is very funny in the comedy challenge. And then it's more about her taking herself as an artist and a performer and an entertainer more seriously and this becoming what she does yeah. uh, full-time. And I think that's a viable trajectory i don't think it's going to work out that way for her because i don't trust the producers of this show but i feel like that could be fun um and then i'm gonna say it the lip sync i thought they both did a good job i thought they they lip sync to carly ray jepson's so call me maybe i thought that was a good choice of a song for both of their styles she said she's a vanessa carlton basic bitch um yeah I thought they both did a good job with it, and I, yeah, I don't know. The winning and losing, I'm a little, like, I don't know who I would have given it to. Uh, I, uh, Candy edged it for me. Like, uh, she was, she was surprisingly precise with with her humor. Like, it wasn't just... She really was. Yeah, it, it was clear this was not just, I'm going to be wacky at the song. There was clearly precision and just enough effort to make it look, like, 
thoughtful, but not so much that it looked like she was struggling. Like, yeah, she 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 tickled me. Like, I, I'm always gonna laugh at a fake out death drop. You know, if you've started and abort it, I'm gonna giggle a little. The pressing the button on the boombox at the top and the bottom of the lip sync that was great was so fun for yeah. me. Yeah, it was so well timed. Um, I felt like she had more star power and presence on the stage, and Joey J just performed the song but performed it well. well yeah i agree yeah so all right moving on to the next two queens uh we have denali and lala ray what did you think i feel bad for whatever poor pa had to like you know buff those floors out after because those look like real ice skates on her right or like they don't even seem to have those little like runner thingies she has something going on that they're wider than actual blades i do, but it wasn't rubber it, it wasn't the standard rubberized things i don't know they could be speed skates which i learned speed skates are not like razor sharp they're like yeah. like trapezoidal because you skate on the like edge of a corner um little trivia for you there um i liked her like she she was fun uh i like this look i I always think this about Dancing with the Stars when I still watch that, but it's always like, I always think figure skaters have this, like, they show up on Dancing with the Stars a lot, and it just feels unfair. Like, Oh, I agree. They're dancers. Right. So I feel like um, figure skating is a graceful but still crushingly athletic field. So I'm really curious if that will pan out in some of these, you know, wackier acting or presentational challenges, because she probably has fine control of her body, but can do some bonkers things for a while that, you know, me slithering off of my couch for the only time today to record this podcast um, would just never be able to achieve. Like she has, she must have an amazing core. And I'm curious if that will look different than like, you know, a Brooklyn Heights ballet dance. You know what I mean? There's just like, yeah, no, she definitely, she has an athleticism about her as she's already proven. Um, And I think we'll see that in other capacities too. I completely agree. She's also very cute as a boy. She seems sharp, so I'm anticipating seeing her at least make it to the halfway point. Yeah. At least. Also very excited to have a competent, beautiful Chicago queen. You yeah. know, I'm always here for hometown pride on this show. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Lala Ree, to me, she feels like she just left the marching band of an HBCU. Um, she very much has that upbeat energy. And... In an odd way, pairing Denali and Lala Ree felt like these are two competitive girls from, like, competitive sports environments. Um, And I felt like... I'm going to say that something I liked about this episode was it felt like spiritually they were picking girls and songs that made sense that everybody was on some level in their lane. Yeah. Um, And so... Yeah, and and uh, I was I was underwhelmed by Lala Ree's really minimalist look, but I do feel like a lot of people have been reading it pretty harshly, and I'm like, it's a minimalist look, but it still has a visual impact. So yeah. I'm not I'm not about to hate on it. Um, and they did a lip sync too. When I grow up, what did you think of their performance? Well, I th- I think Lala Ree is um, she has a great energy. She has that very kind of you know. Dieter Ritz, Chi-Chi Devane energy, where it's like, maybe not as polished at this point in her career, but you still like her. In fact, my only real complaint about her outfit was like, and when you said uh, HBCU um, 
marching band. I'm like, yeah, she looks like a drum majorette. She should have leaned into it. Like she absolutely does. This look with like that big silver baton and a bigger, a bit, bit more of a blowout in the wig would be killer. I agree. Um, so just I, my only, yeah, my only concern for Lala Ree is polish. Like I think, I think she doesn't have quite the the honed like tiny choices you make to make even like blazer over panties work as a look i agree um, she she feels like i like her and it, this is just one episode so she can prove me wrong she feels a little undercooked but i probably would have loved to see her on this show in two or three years yeah but we'll see yeah um as far as the lip sync i think they, they both played into their strengths um I give it to Denali in my head just on stri- like degree of difficulty to use an Olympic reference. <laughs> um, just she didn't complain and she didn't just stand there. She performed that fucking song in those skates. I'll never forget seeing that. Yeah, like that. That's one of those like you of all the things you th- like, you know, we've talked about this a bunch when a very, you know, like a runway look is just not suited to either any lip syncing or just not the song you got. I have to I have to imagine none of the girls thought, will I be able to successfully lip sync in, in the entrance look? Because that's just not something that's ever happened before. And it wasn't like, let me go put on stilettos or I'll just stand here and, you know, make it a park and bark. But she did it. And yeah. I'm like, well, also, and the lack of complaining, not that I don't think people should speak up for their own comfort and well-being, but it wasn't whiny. Like, she wasn't just, like, it, that did, her performance was not reduced to her high, like, and it would, that's the thing, it would have been a legitimate complaint to be like, I wore this for an entrance look, I didn't expect reasonably to lip sync in this, and this is a little, uh, almost unfair, um, but she just did it, and looked really good doing it. I'm honestly curious if the producers were like, girl, you want to put on a pair of shoes? And she was like, no, I do this all the time, I can do this, yeah, I'm performing my, my- this, like... She was so good in it that I was like, bitch. Like, I don't know if producers would have not asked. Yeah. and I mean, if nothing else, my panic attack during this episode was watching that girl's ankles. I'm like, I know you are going to roll your ankle and it's going to like pop out and break a light. I, I'm terrified. Um, it was extremely impressive. I, I agree. I would have given it to Denali. So next we have Simone walk into the workroom in the... Uh, polaroid dress what'd you think i loved it that was great um woman has cheekbones for weeks like uh i mean forget the ice skates those were the sharpest things on that runway um i love the dress it was cute it was playful it's that perfect line of homemade but still stunning like it it is actually a lot of what i want out of drag queens for me just it was it did. It's self-promoting in a way that feels like this is like a Vogue spread, right? Like from like, like the late '90s, not yeah, even in a to, great way. Yeah, it even made me think of like uh, Willem coming out in that boat covered in pictures of Willem, and I'm like, yeah, there's a there's a line where it goes from like normal self-promotion to annoying self-promotion to post-annoying drag promotion, and that dress was was clearly there in that better third category, um, and she get back like. When the queen, the, the queen who rolls in and it's like, I'm beautiful, I'm perfect, I'm going to do everything. It's like, you're like setting yourself up and she delivered. She was a very good performer and was really fun to watch. So I. Yeah. Also, she was cocoa buttered for the gods. Oh, she was 
luminous. She was illuminating that entire studio. Like, her entire body is a frictionless surface. Oh my god, like... It was amazing. Like, she's... yeah, yeah. Um, she's. I know she's drag sisters with Gigi Good. I think both of them do the "I'm a thin boy, so this is androgynous body and super femme face," and I get it. And I feel like she did pull off that dress. But you know me. I I'm always like gay. I, I don't know. Like when a Kinsey six doesn't notice that women have a little wider hips, I'm a little like, I like padding. I would have liked this with a touch more padding, but it was still a 10, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, Tamisha Iman. What did you think? I, I really liked her. I think she has... She's my... She might be my favorite, certainly at this point in the relative season, like the... She's like my favorite veteran so far. There's something about her energy that doesn't treat her 30 years in drag as a as like an albatross around her neck she doesn't seem bitter about taking 30 years to get to this point if he or if she even thinks of it that way um and it really infused her performance there like was she giving me textbook janet jackson yes she was but it was fun and engaging to watch in a way that made reminded me of oh right this is why janet jackson is one of the best dancers and one of the most celebrated performers of my generation like it just other queens when they have that kind you know decades of experience they come on the show with this chip just glued to their shoulder and i didn't get a hint of that from uh from tamisha and it was and she was just really warm and personable and i really hope like she also had the line of the episode um, well, yeah, we're going to get to that in a moment, but okay. yes, yes, no, um, I completely agree and co-sign everything you said. I really enjoyed the lip sync for me, Tamisha Aman won a little bit, but I think they both did a good job. Honestly, both of their lip syncs would have been elevated. Like Tamisha gave me nothing but Janet Jackson and Simone gave me no Janet Jackson and I would have liked a little Tamisha in her lip sync, and I would have liked a little Janet in Simone's lip sync. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I did feel a little like, wow, RuPaul, you'll fuck with anybody. This girl comes in and is like, last year, cancer, stage three, survived, here anyways, 30 years in drags. You're going to have me perform something that you know I've played in my Walkman, do an excellent job with the Janet Jackson staccato, and then you will send me thinking that I'm going home. Like, it was like, ooh, Rue, I get it. You got you got no scruples, honey. Yeah, um, yeah no, that that racked up some bad place points. Like, that was, that, that, yeah, that was too much. Like, I almost expected that to be the moment where the mask came off about the gag, about whatever was going to me happen. Me too, because that was the line where it felt too far into me. Right. But I almost feel like that, and we'll just say it now, I love that Tamisha in that room and the finale and the towards the end was like, if we're voting people off, can't vote me off. I'm the only black girl. Say it loud. Say it proud. Save yourself. We are not abiding by horror movie rules here. <laughs> Honey, stick around. Stay. Um, I love that she said it and spoke it into existence. Speak the truth and shame the devil. Like I was here for it. Oh, uh, God. No, I'm, I la- I, I'm laughing. I'm still laughing out loud thinking about it. It was perfect. It was perfect. Um, so next we have Got Myth. Thoughts? Our first trans contestant that, or that is a trans male contestant, drag queen performer. Um, um, 
So Sorry, my, 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 my two thoughts about Gottmik. Faces beat for the gods. Uh, he is clearly very good at his day job of being a makeup artist. Like, yeah, amazing. he's already a famous makeup artist. Staggering. I mean, like, I think, I think the last queen that gave me a face that perfectly beat that early in that color palette was, was Kimchi. Yeah. Like that level. Oh my God, they can go into business together. It'll be a movie. I'll watch it. Um, the only apprehension I have <laughs> about Gottmik on the show is I'm worried about like Rue is going to try to have like the standard cookie cutter mentory moments in the workroom, and I'm worried it's going to sound a lot like your well, also sixty year old uncle at Thanksgiving who clearly doesn't understand the words the kids are using these days. I'm just, I am, I am very worried for. <laughs> for how RuPaul is going to conduct himself in conversations about Gottmik's place in Drag Race history. Okay. I mean, I hear what you're saying. We'll see how that unfolds. That's certainly not unfounded. I am very excited to see Gottmik here because this is a queer and inclusive and broad art form and Gottmik, sh- it shouldn't be a thing that, yeah, and, and, and she not, is there. Not for um, nothing. Part of what's I mean, always nagged me about this discussion is drag itself started like as much, if not more, in the trans community in New York as opposed to the gay community specifically. So it, it has always seemed a little like odd that it's there's so much drama about trans contestants. It's like this isn't this isn't something new to drag. Yeah, no, it's a conversation that we shouldn't actually even need to have, yeah. is how I feel about it. Um, but I mean, we should if there is the need, which there appears to be. All that said, I don't want to put all that on Got Milk and say that they are already a very accomplished makeup artist who is famous and has lots of connections. I've actually, I've heard that they're connected to the Getty family of, like, Getty Images. Ooh. And, yeah. Um, and... <sighs> So I'm very curious what they will be bringing and if any of their runway model and designer friends have sent them with stuff because Mm. I have a feeling that that suitcase might be worth more than half the other contestants' suitcases. Put together. Right. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I have a feeling um, because Gottmik has those sorts of connections. Um, And then we have Utica who came in with a certain kind of energy, a very tall Minnesota queen who has like a wacky French clown vibe. I don't think anybody has ever felt quite so much like a birthday clown who's happening to do drag as much as Utica did to me. Fierce boy confessional looks. I don't know what to make of Utica yet, but you know I love an out-of-the-box queen. Or, um, you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. uh, And I don't feel like the show has always been generous to them. So I'm I'm more anxious than anything, but I'm interested to see what they bring. Uh, I was I'm really excited about Utica. Uh, there's something there's something about her presentation that I really like, and you, even in this outfit, there's some it's something like you know Crystal Method was really good at of that combining things that shouldn't work because they're too clashy, they're too busy, they're too much, but somehow the finished look still looks cohesive and interesting. And in a way that you want to continue to look at. There's something about that choice of the plaid and the fact that it's like the high-waisted pants makes it like a two-third, one-third split instead of a half-and-half split. 
Yeah. The majority of the look is a very busy plaid, but plaid's a very structured pattern. It's literally, you know, perpendicular lines. So I, I can't say, I can't be more specific than that, but there's something about the finished look that actually does look cohesive and finished and not just a hodgepodge. Even oh, though, I agree. Yeah. I agree. There's definitely intentionality behind it. And I have to say, pairing Utica and Got Milk, it felt very French clown vibes. Yeah. Um, and then, so these two lip sync to Rumors by Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, it was and the flattest lip sync because it was the worst song. I agree. It was underwhelming. Both of them did what they could with it, but it's like, it's not a great song. It's not a great lip sync song. Um, I did think that Got Mick won this one. Um, yeah. It, again, it was underwhelming as a whole. Yeah. Um, anything else on them before we move on? Uh, nope. Okay. Um, so next we have Rosé entering the workroom. And I've got to say, Rosé gives me strong 80s, like, Tiger Beat vibes because you do not see that kind of untreated rosacea anymore. A general practitioner would give you a tube of Differin at the door. I'm so confused. Also, those eyelashes as a boy... Miss Thing is using Latisse as is prescribed. Pretty soon her eyelashes are going to look like Trixie Mattel, but her eyelids will look like Ron Perlman's scrotum. Pull back. Those were my initial thoughts on Rosé, but I really did like the look. I like the 80s monochromatic, like bright pink vibe. Um, I like the boy confessional look. I do feel like they're trying to make her look like an overly confident and cocky New York queen. Yeah. And make her fall on her face because they love to do that. And, like, I think they like to take down an established New York queen every year lately, it seems. And just just hurt them. And I don't... I'm not, like, here to watch that happen. Um, I do like Rosé as much as I had a few, like, opening line jokes about her appearance. Um, I, I do feel like they were trying to fuck with her by having Olivia Lux uh, be her pair person. Oh yeah, this 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 was this was like the, this was the this Stanford was experiment in drag form, please. Yes. Just, um that being said, I I mean I like Olivia Lux. She seems like fun. I feel like Olivia Lux's body contouring was um, not quite where it needed to be. Agreed. But I agreed. did like the WAP energy of her look. Yeah. Um, like just, and again, it's like little finishing touches. Like she needs wider hips and a narrower waist to not look like she's melting. Like you just need, for, if you want to have that much ruching, you, you got to balance the shape a little there more. There are a few body proportionizing choices she could have made and the different combinations work but for me this was like this was not it yeah it looked i thought it looked great in the reveal like um as the as the swimsuit it worked the like her legs provided the proportional difference to make the look work though the ruching does make it kind of look like a diaper there's no there's no way you can wear a, a heavily ruched bathing suit and not have it look like a diaper i don't think that's physically possible but it was cute i liked it more than the the look itself and Credit where it's due, her walk-in look technically had a reveal, so she came prepared. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, did you, so they were lip-sync to X's and O's. Yeah. Um, did you think that Olivia Lux won or Rosé won? Um, if I had to, if it were if it were up to me, I would have given it to Rosé. Me too. Um, 
I do feel strongly the hand of the producer being like, like, okay, here's the, here's the thing. So far, um, I think I've, what do we, like, I've disagree. I disagree with the judges. I think like three out of the five so far. Okay. To the point that I was wondering, are they putting the, te- the person they thought really was the winner of the lip sync in the in room the chop Je- doc, to yeah. do an even bigger reveal next week of like, you thought you were the winners. You were secretly the losers. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. Because I agreed with one out of six of them, I think. Yeah. And a lot of them were like close, close but like yeah. for me, yeah, like Denali and Rose won for me. Yeah. Um, those like, yeah. And I do feel like the pregnant pauses of the like, I'm not sure what's happening. Um, I do feel like it felt like they were trying to make Rosé look bitchy, and I don't feel like she's done anything to yeah, explicitly bitchy. Um, I think they're literally having moments where she's not actively smiling, that they, like, leave too long while a certain voiceover goes in order to make her look bitchy in a way that she has not done anything explicitly bitchy at this point. So I don't want to, like... Right, they're trying... I don't want to play into their hand because I feel like it's mean. Oh no, they're they, they keep trying to tell me she's the new Britta, and so far she's not. Um, I agree. And oh, speaking of being unnecessarily mean to the queens, can we talk about the totally, absolutely undeserved shade about Jan in this yeah. sequence? Like, first of all, yeah, we didn't even Jan mention... made it to top six. Like. Like, and yeah. she did a. She was a strong competitor. Right. She, she was. She, was she an overachieving A student? A specific set of psychosis. A little annoying Anne Hathaway energy, but like yeah. a good drag queen. Right. A for effort. Like they didn't even mention that they're in the, the Stephanie's trial together until like after Rose's Rose's after like just before the lip sync started. I'm like, everyone else gets this. She's my sister. She's my mom. She's my like drag cousin. Right. Twice removed. Um. And not Jan. I'm like, I, it's one of those, was there like some off-camera incident where, I don't know, Jan keyed RuPaul's car or something? Just un- unwarranted shade to Jan, which... I think that the franchise really enjoyed taking Jan and all of her goody-two-shoes, like, wide-eye, best-intention, like, post-Will and Grace gay, try-hard energy... And just tearing her down. Like, I think the franchise was like, we're going to have so much fun having everybody else watch you, like, break. And that's, that's again, part of my defensiveness with production, where it's like, I can see you're trying to make me view, feel this way, despite them doing nothing explicitly like that. So I'm not doing it. Like, I'm, I can tell I watch it defensively when they try to portray a queen negatively. Yeah, I gotta say, I think all the queens learned their lesson because... Every mention of New York, I think, made it to the edit, and it still wasn't that much. Like, I think the New York queens have finally learned to soft pedal um, how how much and how intensely they talk about New York. <laughs> I agree. Um, all right. Speaking of New York queens who are mean, let's move <laughs> on. The one queen I'm not excited to get to know more of, even though she is a legend, uh, Tina Burner. Agreed. Wasn't crazy about the color palette, in and out, least favorite confessional look I've ever seen. Boy, did she have a lot of bitchy things to say about everybody. And those were just full, straight through, on video statements that she made. You cannot get that just from editing. Yeah. Wasn't thrilled with her being such a bitch up top. Yeah, from jump. And again, it, 
I've started watching the show more defensively too because of you and I'm like thinking is this a comment she might have made about a queen in three weeks that they're just backdating to this look and I don't know nope there's enough there there are there's enough too much that is context specific yeah and it's like out of nowhere and i don't know it's like there are shady queens there are bitchy queens who are fun and like like violet tchotchke will read everyone in the room for filth but there's like a coyness to the not coins the wrong word but there's like an art to the delivery that makes it clear this is part of the world of drag is there's like you get the impression- it's also often a really just honest editorial eye coming from Violet, as yeah. opposed to just being a bitch. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like, here's what I actually think about your look since you asked, and at least the producer asked, even if the queen in question did not. But it crosses a lot. Yeah, just like, yeah, just um, I was getting like I, it was very off-putting for me. It was weird because this color palette and like hair size was giving me like Nina West. I'm like. You can't be a mean Nina West. That's not okay. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You said that, and I'm like, I get where you're drawing aesthetic parallels, but, like, I am not going to be comparing Tina Burner to Nina West. Well, neither am I after this episode. Just (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also, the smear of red clown paint that she used as eyebrows in that look, I was like, you're a accomplished famous queen that many, like, many people know your name. Yeah. You are a legend. You smeared some clown paint above both eyes and called them eyebrows for your walk-in look. Okay. Um, so, I'm, we'll see. I mean, I, like, I'm really, ho- hey, she's got nowhere to go but up from here, as far as I'm concerned. Fair. That's my, hey, glass half full moment. Yeah. Um, all right. Next, we have Kamora Hall, another Chicago queen, walk in, giving you Tangerine Dream in a Bob Mackie dress. I know I've seen Kimora Hall in and out in drag around town. Um, oh, another another cute boy out of drag. Oh my God. Yeah, I agree. I do feel like the hair needed to be bumped up and bumped forward an inch. And the eyebrows, I'm like, you're, you're a little too flat. I feel like the eyebrows could use a slight adjustment and darkening on the inside that it was a little off. But otherwise... Yeah. Stunning queen. Yeah, there like, was something about the wig shape where I'm like, oh my god, did it like, did you like stand up too fast and like hit a bookshelf and it just like flattened a half inch in like a really unfortunate way? In just, a way that really throws off the facial proportions. Yeah, very like quickly. It, yeah, she's clearly yeah, giving sure. me this kind of like '80s prom queen feel a little bit with like color. Like I, I, I do love it. It was so cute how invested she was. Like. <laughs> It's like, it's a Bob Mackie. We, we we know you've told us. Like, it was just very cute. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I owned an, an actual Bob Mackie dress, I think I'd probably talk about it a lot, too. Um, but I don't know. That made me happy. But it, was, I, but it was... It made me happy, too. And here's how I feel. Work, bitch. You bought a, you bought a Bob Mackie, who you know RuPaul loves, as your entryway, as, as your entry look for this show. And you made sure to bring it up. Work, queen. Like, you look stunning in it. Um, I liked her. Uh, all right, and then the last we have walking in because this is our one three-way lip sync is Elliot with two T's, who looked like an evil stepmother in an Olsen twins movie. Oh yeah, talking about thin and villainous lips, honey. Oh yeah, no, um, that, that's a woman who's who's going to steal Dennis Quaid away from you. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, so much Botox in that forehead. Do you have feel like it did not move? It's not going to move a moment on this show. Actually, I'm, I hope she lasts a while so we see her her forehead start to actually move. 
because um, I doubt they allow touch-ups from Dr. Sizmore intermittently throughout the season. Um, but Are you ooh. kidding? Also, I, think, I assume Dr. Sizmore is in the quarantine pod. I think Michelle Visage would have Sizmore in her house before her husband. <laughs> I disagree, but I hear what you're saying. Um, also, I feel like Elliot with two Ts. Do I um, have to drab- say the full name every time? <laughs> I'm just having fun till now. For now, no, you can drop it. Um, Elliot with two T's definitely looks like a townsperson from either Frozen or Beauty and the Beast, like a Disney townsperson with that like cute little elfin nose. Yeah, and the like bright blue eyes that are just a touch close together. Um. Anyways, they really read her look, and I liked it. Yeah. Is it entryway look for me? No. Is it? It's like not fun futuristic 80s it's but it's also not just like textbook 80s it's somewhere in the middle in a sort of understated way but it's structured and it has like visual impact i it's not anywhere near my personal wheelhouse or what i would choose but i liked it and they were i mean tina burner was a total bitch about it and had no room for criticizing anybody else's entry look so yeah no i thought it was cute it's not like earth shattering, but it's cute. And uh, like may- there needs to be like one thing. I don't know if a belt would have helped, but there needs to be like one thing on or about the pants just to give your eye something to do on the way down to the shoes. Maybe if the shoes weren't red, I would like it more. Yeah, no, there could have been more contrast in the lower body for sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. There's a few ways you could have gone about it, but it was still cute. And yeah. She pulled it off. And she um, has personality for days, obviously. See, I haven't got, I'm not sure, I had thoughts on their reactions to her and thoughts on her appearance. I'm not sure what I'm making of her personality just yet. Mm. Um, Unlike, I feel like Candy Muse, I'm like, I already know what I'm getting with you and I can't wait. (laughs) You're charming enough that there's no way you're not making it to at least, I think Candy Muse is making it at least, like, top seven minimum. Yeah. Top six minimum. I'm taking. I'm oh, top six minimum. Okay. R- write it down. Your your bookie's taking the numbers. You're gonna you're yeah. gonna owe him a lot of money. Um, Honestly, we're gonna get to that in a second. Let's flick quickly fly through this lip sync. So these three lip sync to Lady Marmalade, which is like okay, we've got these three last girls after we intentionally paired off the first ten. Yeah. And this is a drag queen staple. All y'all better pick a uh, songstress that you're choosing to sing to, which they didn't. They were not like. Right, they, they, they did not divide the way drag queens normally would, right, they, which they, was interesting. Right, they should have spontaneously formed a girl group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of the songs, though, my only concern is, is is the next lip sync going to be Turkey in the Straw? Because I they licensed six songs, um, and they're going to need... 13 more <laughs> so, or 12 more I think or so. I just uh, I, I was like and only the only one I didn't really like was Rumors but that's just because I don't like the song but I'm sure it still costs money they, uh, World of Wonder must have given them some some coin in the break to buy to yeah, keep no, I, songs I, I think you're right I, I mean they chose good songs for the premiere I'm I'm sure they're just paying for more good songs this year um, I loved that Kimora Hall you know how at a strip club there's the pole girl who works the pole, there's the floor girl who does like twerking, and then there's the face girls who literally just talk to you and are beautiful, so you give them their mo- your money and they don't have to do shit. Kamora Hall lip syncs like a face girl at a strip club. She wasn't worrying about where anybody else was. She knows she's pretty, so she's drawing that eye. 
She's not trying to pick a lane in terms of the song or a space or trying to get in front of anybody. She's just like, I'm pretty. So I'm gonna do this. And the other two I felt like really tried. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching her do that deep back bend in the dress because I'm like, okay, it's a Bob Mackie. You're not gonna you're not gonna shred this dress to do something acrobatic. You have one move and she did it like six times. Um But it was cute. Like I I enjoyed uh both Elliot and Kamora. I, I wasn't like I'm not saying Tina Burner did a bad job, and I'm I'm trying to make sure I don't do that thing where because I don't like her, I become incapable of rationally assessing her. It was a perfectly competent lip sync. I don't think it was the win. I agree. Um, I actually, I agree. This was one where, as much as I was like, I feel like Kimura didn't have to do too much. Really? She didn't have to do too much. But she did a good job with it. Yeah. For me, I thought Tina Bernard was the least impressive. Yeah. And... That was another, I feel like the girls who went back to the workroom didn't really win. So let's get to the twist and the discussion. I don't think anybody's going home till the end of next week's episode. At least. I do think, at least. Yes. And I think the, and frankly, I feel like the fan base rags too much on the girls sent home first that I'd honestly prefer that two girls go home first. So it's a little more dispersed and less like hateful. Um... I thought that whole discussion in the workroom was bizarre and funny. And I thought it was, they're all like, we don't even know each other. What the fuck is this? Um, and I loved Tamisha Iman being like, you can't yeah. send me home. I'm the only black girl. Um, do you have any speculations for next week's twist? I think they're, I think they're going to break into two teams. And I think the winning team gets to pick the who goes home from the losing team. I think the queen they have to vote for is uh, is in the other room right now. That would make sense. That would make sense. Um, so yeah, we're. I do think it's going to be something like that where it's two girl groups and that leads to a bottom two and some kind of vote. Yeah. On the other team, we'll see how it goes. I hope that they don't try to. We're, I mean, these girls were filming during quarantine. Yeah. The world, they were so disoriented. I hope production isn't fucking with them too, too much. Because this feels like a mind fuck in a weird time. Well, I think that, uh, yeah, I'm hoping this is like, you blew your wad, mind fuck wise. And I want the refractory period to be at least six, seven weeks. episodes. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree with that. Okay. So we'll see what ne- happens next week. So just circling back looking at this cast of queens i've got to say 12 out of 13 of them i'm very excited to get to know more yeah. and get to see more i am excited for this season um i'm excited to see what they bring i think they bring this is like a diverse group of girls i like how many queens of color there are um and i have high hopes for a lot of them i definitely think candy muse is going far i think denali is making it to at least the halfway point um, I think Got Mick is making it to at least the halfway point. Agreed. I think they're gonna really fuck with Tina Burner and Rose, and I'm really hoping that Rose wins doesn't that fight. <laughs> I hope that Rose does not give in and give them bitchy moments that they try to get out of her. Yeah. Um Tina Burner can burn as far as I'm concerned, but hopefully I feel differently about her later. Yeah, I I, I am intrigued and like, I want to see more from Utica. Well, here's the thing. Me all too. of them have really good, and again, to everyone except Tina Burner, um, they all have really good energies. 
it's just, I agree. Like, I like, completely agree. Yeah, even the queens where I'm like, you know what? You needed a different shoe, and you needed to be cinched five percent. Like, like I have a list of things because I'm picky and critical, and that's how I. That's my love language. Um, but even for the queens that I thought were like the least polished or the least produced, or I have the most questions about how far far they'll go, I'm still like, I would. The minute I get vaccinated, I will find you and give you a dollar. Like, Completely. I, like, just your fun. Like, like yeah, Lala Ree was not the most polished or earth-shattering queen in her look, but I enjoyed watching her and would like to enjoy watching her more. I'm sure lip-syncing you, she gives you life. Yeah. Like, that confessional energy, that, like, young, inspired, energetic, excited, gay energy that she has in her confessional, like... Even if I think she's underbaked and maybe this is a little early for her to be on this show, I do see a star in her that I'm yeah. excited to see to- more of. Totally, um, totally. So. Yeah, I've never been this optimistic. I'm trying to recall the last time I was like this unvarnished happy at- after a premiere. I, my, my complaints are largely confined to Tina Burner. And I'm not even mad. Like, normally I hate the mind games, but they picked it. They did it in a way that put the focus on doing a drag thing and doing it well. And yeah. It gave getting me, back to fundamentals. Right. And then they gave me a chance to actually get to know the Queens much better. I feel more knowledge about each of the Queens than I've ever after a premiere. And honestly, I think I feel more, I think I know more about any one queen in this episode than I did out of the queen. I knew the most about in a normal premiere. I agree. So I agree. So yeah, um, I am I am very looking forward to the season and am no longer panicked that I'm going to feel fatigued when you start doing Drag Race UK at the same time. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, I agree with all that. It'll be interesting to see the show shift back to standard reality TV intro episodes yeah. of us getting to know them as talking head personalities more than performers because we have this information already. I do think it will change the viewing experience to have seen them lip sync already a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Um, that's all for me. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Condé Nasty. I'm Priscilla the Sea Bitch. Bye. Bye.